On July 20th of this year, we were all horrified to learn of the tragic events that took place in a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. In the aftermath of this tragedy, we asked all of the questions associated with such a terrible event. How could this happen? Why did this happen? What do we do now? None of the answers are simple, and few of the answers are very pretty. So we mourn the loss of 12 individuals who did nothing to deserve being so mercilessly gunned down. Our heart aches for a six-year-old who will never experience the fullness of all life has to offer. We pray for the families of the victims who will feel the pain of loss for years to come. And we pray for those who live through this horrible event as they still cope with the experiences so violently forced upon them. We shed tears for heroes who threw themselves on loved ones to shield them as bullets flew through the air. And we embrace the anger that rises in us as we consider a man so insanely tainted by evil that he would commit such an act. This event hits so close to home for all of us because if you're listening to this podcast, these were your people. These are the super fans who love Batman, who love movies, and who love doing something special with friends and family. My mother always told me, nothing good ever happens after midnight. And one day I learned to tell her back, that's because you've never been to a midnight screening of a movie with a bunch of fans. The event we hold so dear is self-professed geeks. The people with whom we share a special bond, even though we don't know them, they were all torn apart and stained by one heinous act. And so what now? What is our response supposed to be? I don't presume to tell any of you what you should do. It's not my place to tell you what to think or how to feel. But in this, my forum to let my voice be heard, I will tell you this. In the darkness of evil such as this, the light of good will not go out and will only shine the brighter. A community brought to tears, brought to its knees, will rise stronger and more unified than ever. A nation frozen for a moment in shock will put its collective hands to the task of helping others. And those of us who are angered by this tragedy will look evil in the face and say, you will not win this day. So I, I will hug the ones I love a little tighter. I will love them more fiercely. I will relish each moment with friends and family more fully. When I laugh, I will laugh harder and louder. And when others seek comfort, I will work tirelessly to help them find it. I will pray more passionately. I will live more fully and I will find ways to see that good is done that far outweighs the evil that has been perpetrated. Because whether you're a Star Wars fan, a superhero fan, a Buffy fan, a Doctor Who fan, a Twilight fan, a Harry Potter fan, or even a Muppet fan, in the end, do we not cling to these things because we hope, even know? That no matter how dark the story, no matter how vile the villain, no matter how hopeless the situation, that good will win. 
our hearts, our thoughts, and our prayers continue to be extended to all of those whose lives were so violently affected by the events in Aurora. And for now, we will do what we know to do best. We will laugh. We will celebrate the things we enjoy. And we will attempt in some small way to bring joy to those who find our little corner of the internet and share in this journey with us. For now though, before the music is cued, before we do what we can do to break through the darkness with the light of laughter, please join us in a moment of silence to honor those who lost their lives, the families who grieve, and the community that rises from this tragedy. I hope you'll forgive me for such a heavy, cold opening and for um, for bringing you down as soon as you turn the, the show on, but um, we couldn't let an episode go by, a full episode of Geek Out Loud go by without mentioning these events and and touching on our thoughts and feelings, my thoughts and feelings. Um, it, it is a, it's a... It's a hard time. It's a tragic thing, and 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 it's hard to go from that into the conversations we'll have in this episode, and you know, and especially our conversation about the Dark Knight Rises. We we never really touch on the Aurora thing. You can tell in the conversation we kind of wanted to stay away from it a little bit, you know, and just kind of focus in on the movie. But uh, but but something needed to be said, and and this is our way of paying tribute and paying honor. Uh, to those who lost their lives and those who were wounded and the families, as we said, who grieve. Um, it, it almost feels... It, it. I'm trying to do the work right now of getting everybody back in the mindset of, all right, it's a geek out loud, uh, because, you know, I don't want to just jump into the Super Friends theme and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, and, and you'd be jarred into that. So let me ease you into that and remind you, uh, we hope everyone who is headed down to Celebration 6 will, number one, I'll be there, and I hope you'll stop by and say hello. But I also hope that you will uh, take time to be a part of our worship service um, the Sunday morning of Celebration uh, 6 on August 26th. Uh, we'll be at the Rosen Plaza Hotel uh, at 8.30 a.m. from 8.30 to 9.30. We'll have you out of there by 9.30 so that you can be over in the convention center by the time the doors open and that you won't uh, you won't lose out on anything that's going on at the convention that day. Uh, James Arnold Taylor will be with us sharing a little bit of his testimony, a bit of his faith, 
and uh, I'll be speaking. We've got uh, Tristan Bishop handling the music end of things, and we're really looking forward to it. You can go to the Celebration of Worship site, which you can find at geekoutpodcast.com, and up across the top of the pages it says Celebration of Worship. Click on that, and there's a lot of different things you can interact with on the site. Number one, check out the exclusives that we'll be handing out uh, to promote Celebration of Worship at uh, at Star Wars Celebration 6. There are some great pins designed by Jedi Schwa who did an outstanding job uh, on them. And if you want those, it'll tell you, and you're not able to make it to Celebration 6, there's some, uh, there's some instructions how to get your hands on some of those. Um, and uh, if you want to help us out with the cost, we've, we've raised our goal. We've met our goal of what we kind of needed to cover cost. There's a few more extra expenses that may be thrown in there. Uh, but anything we raise then, now, above and beyond what it is, is costing us to, uh, to do the actual event, we are going to put toward uh, World Vision Ministries, which is an outstanding organization that helps children and families in third world nations. They, they make sure that kids have food and education and, uh, and begin to break the cycle of poverty that's so prevalent in third world nations. And so, uh, so everything's going to a good cause. We're not pocketing any of the money. We're not making anything on this. We're just looking for a good time of, uh, of worship there at Celebration 6 that Sunday morning. There's, if you want to donate still, even though we've met our goal, there's an exclusive button that you can get for donating, and the instructions are there on the website. Um, wow, this episode we got a special guest, and I told him I was going to bust his chops because uh, he called me out of the blue saying that his birthday was coming up, and what he wanted for his birthday was to be on Geek Out Loud. And... Um, and and what I don't tell everyone in in the actual show, and I'll tell you now, and and Matt's hearing this, so it's not like I'm talking about him behind his back. He'd sent me a text that said, "Hey, I need to talk to you at some point," and it sounded serious. It felt like it was. A, I'm reading this text. I'm like, "Oh, this is a serious text." And, you know, brother's got an issue. Brother needs to be called. And so, um, and he and it was on a Wednesday night. I'm in the middle of church with my kids, and so after church, I immediately first thing I do, call him up. What does he want to do? Be on Geek Out Loud. And I was kind of kind of caught in the corner. I'm like, okay. Because let me tell you something. The way to get on Geek Out Loud, don't ask. Let me invite you. But anyhow, so we give Matt a little bit of a hard time about that. And, and I hope that you'll give Matt a hard time about the terrible microphone he used to Skype in to Derek and I. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, hopefully you got a chance to check out Shoe, Starkville's House of L that Derek and I brought back because of the comic book. Even after we said we wouldn't, uh, we did. And you can go back and listen to Shoe 176 and hear our apology for returning uh, there. Um, but uh, because of some maintenance situations with the smallvillepodcast.com, Derek asked if we could go ahead and get the latest episode of Shoe up here on the Geek Out Loud uh, feed, and we did. Brian Q. Miller joined us. We had a blast. And uh, good times, good times with Brian Q. Miller uh, talking uh, the Smallville comic that he's currently writing. And uh, so I hope you've checked that out and enjoyed it. We've got some more stuff coming down the pipe this month. We've got a Steve Star Wars Corner. We're going to have a Geek Out Loud in the Squared Circle with Dave. And there'll probably be another full episode of Geek Out Loud proper all in the month of August. And um, if I'm really feeling up to it, we may even do some stuff from C6, depending on how the Wi-Fi is, depending on how the schedules run. Uh, but looking forward to that time. If you're going to be with us, Celebration of Worship. If you're not going to be with us, but you, you, you're, you're enjoying your you're in favor of what we're doing, just pray for us. Pray for us as we approach that day. It'll be a good day. So, uh, having said all that, it's time to say this. Cue the music.
so Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman all walk onto a podcast, and we talk about all three of them on a superhero-packed episode of this, your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out. I'm Steve Glosson. Yeah, you are. I'm, I am that brother. Uh, he is that brother. <laughs> I am that brother. <laughs> you just put Darkwing Duck up in That's here. Right. And I'm Launchpad McQuack. Hello, Launchpad. Hello, Steve. Uh, you are the king of pulling out just fun things to say instead of your name. It's only fun to you. You look about it on Twitter. Like people talk while they hashtag the Geek Out Loud, and they're like, oh, "He's talking again." Why is he saying this stuff? Why is he always talking? God, I bet he bought a new poster. Have you have you have you worked on the hinged frames yet? So that no, they can become, no, we're not going to go that route. They can, we're just not. <laughs> you can turn your shelves into cabinets with them. You are an enabler, <laughs> and that's the end of that story. <laughs> Oh, man, it's so good to be along with you this month. We have a lot to talk about. The first thing I want to say is a personal congratulations to my brother, John Glosson, placing second on ABC's short-lived show, Duets. But they're coming back for season two. I don't know. I don't either, but I thought it was really, really big of uh, caduce mm -hmm. to, to say the season one finale. Yes. Like, really? Right. <laughs> is it, you don't know you're coming back there, buddy. Add some brass, son. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing if they do come back, they're not going with you. Or as my dad calls him, Quaitus. I don't know. My dad can't pronounce his name. Um, he uh, That's not Quaitus. Yeah. John, I don't know. For those of you who, who may not have watched the show, John did not win. J-Rome won the whole shebang. They had him sing the show out to sign, seal, delivered, I'm yours. All the contestants who had been there the whole, who had been there early in the season were back. They joined him on stage. John paid no attention to the fact that J-Rome was singing. He instead went around and shook hands with people. And he, did his, he did the SNL goodbyes. Yes, and made his way back around to the front of the stage where one of the last things you see as the show is going off the air, John Glosson doing the Roger Rabbit front and center stage uh, to sign, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. So I am kind of irked with him. He didn't tell me that he was standing outside the Jimmy Kimmel show as Brian Cranston walked by the other night. Do you think he would have yelled out, Magnets! No, I don't think he does not know that show. He didn't even know who was uh, walking by him, to be uh, honest with you. So, well, John, not a big hey, I, you know, I'm really thinking Brian Can Cranston for Lex Luthor. That'd be yeah. that'd, that'd be cool. He's a little old. Well, I'm not not even the baldness thing. I'm just thinking he's. I think he could do it. I think he I could think train he... someone to do it. No, I think he should do it. Okay. Um, I, we have been asked if John will be on the show. Will John be on the show? Uh, I, it, listen, I could never get him to come on the Big Honkin' Show, so I doubt he'll come on Geek Out Loud, but I'm going to try. 
Tell him I said to come I will. On. I will. He's going See to be performing with Sugar Land this weekend at Wild Adventures, which is a theme park. How about an hour and a half big is that? Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big thing. Uh, so that's if you're neat. in the area. Georgia has seceded from the union. Yeah, he'll yeah. he'll be there. <laughs> Swarm thirty-seven or eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Sorry. Swarm thirty-seven. Something totally so- different. Don't ever call that one over the radio, Steve. <laughs> you don't want that one to happen. You take my advice, and you don't let that one happen. Um. But uh. But yeah. So thanks to everyone. Would Swarm thirty-seven be if Swarm eighty-seven is Georgia seceding from the union? What is? <laughs> What is Swarm 37? Swarm, I have no idea. I'm Locusts. Not, you're the improv man. Well, so. Take it to the next level. That's right. I guess Swarm 37 is Georgia declaring nuclear war on Florida? What is this, Horseville? What is Because I'm surrounded by naysayers. Wordplay. <laughs> okay, anyhow. Um, moving on. But Derek pointed out that there was a lot of Tumblr posts about concerning John in the show duets the other day. And I found myself lost in a lot of what people were saying about my brother on duets. I just happened upon it, and I was like, you know what? Steve needs to follow down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I felt... Which, and- apparently, that's what happens. And, uh, you know, Tumblr has this whole life of its own. I don't use it for those purposes. But if you once you start tracking a tag, you could be there for, like, 18 hours. And I was there for a while, and finally I And you saw, were like, it's just yesterday. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and finally I see where someone posts, I wonder if John has a talented single brother. And so I no, had... No, that's not... Hold on. Okay. Let's get this right. Well, that is not what she said. Okay. Well, what did she say, Derek? Because I was a fan. Like, I saw this. And then I was like, this is funny. Steve needs to see this. And I got back to my dashboard, <laughs> and you had already reblogged it with the perfect antidote. <laughs> so this is, um, I, I don't know what the I, my screen, I can't see. Be real a mode? Be real a mode said, Dear John Glosson, do you have an equally talented and single brother? Sincerely blown away. Mm-hmm. To which Steve reblogged. <laughs> so which I replied, Dear be, be real mode, I am that brother. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> Has she gotten back with you? Uh yeah, I think that was her that got back with me. Oh, she did? Um, let me see. No. Oh. That's, that's a shame. Someone got back with me and said, Hey, are you really John's brother? I can witness. Did you see that? No, okay. I did not. Was yeah. that a, like a private message type deal? Yeah, I think, but now it's not yeah, here. Yeah, then I can't see that. Yeah, but now it's not here. All I have is stuff here by you. Oh. So, But someone got in touch with me and said, are you really John's brother? You know, if so, no, he's done a good job. And I said, well, thanks. We're all proud of him. I am his brother. By the way, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So check it out. So um, always willing to to self promote, Derek. Always willing to do that. But uh, so Proud yeah, that you, son. so that was going on in the midst of all that happening. Apparently, something called Comic Con took place, uh, of which neither you nor I were a part. Well, what's the point? Well, I I don't know. What is the point? I would assume the man steals footage. And yes. 
above and beyond that, not much. That And that's really, and I even said that's all I was really looking forward to because I didn't expect Marvel Studios to have much of a presence this year because, as I recall, last year, D, Disney kind of pulled them out to really promote their D23 event and have a big Marvel panel there. Um and so I really didn't expect much from Marvel, but there was some stuff from Marvel Studios, all of which I want to touch on real quick, if, if I may. You may. Uh, the first thing is... You are that brother. <laughs> they showed some Iron Man 3 footage, which, was, you know, which, surprise, surprise, revealed that Ben Kingsley is indeed the Mandarin. Blown away! Okay. Um, Blown away, Steve. <laughs> um, I think we all knew or assumed that, so... Um, but apparently the footage was really cool. Apparently his armor, he's worked on a new armor that it comes to him piece by piece. How has none of this leaked? Like all the other footage is leaked. But yeah, this. but none of this footage, yeah. Um, I did watch him in, his entrance into the panel uh, where he came Which dancing was, in. Yeah, I think, he, I think he thinks he is. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Yeah, or yeah. Tony Stark really is Robert Downey. I don't know. That's yeah. a paradox. Well, he but, came in with a... You know, just having a good time. Um, good for him. And they talked a little Iron Man 3. Uh, he and Kevin, I, I've heard his name pronounced Feige. So that's, oh. that's what I'm going to go with. He and Kevin. I'd say Fergie. Okay. He and Kevin, Kevin Fergie, Fergie went, were, were talking, and he talked about how his time as Iron Man could be coming to an end. But uh, but if they were willing to back up the Brinks truck to his house, he would uh, he'd probably continue to do the role. To which Feige said uh, that truck should be sitting in your driveway. Um, <clears throat> so I'm sure they're in negotiations to keep him around for as long as he's willing to be around. Um, they've got Avengers money now, buddy. Mm. So uh, the other thing were a couple of titles that came out. Captain America 2 will not be called Captain America 2. It's going to be called Captain America the Winter Soldier. I was really hoping for Captain America 2, Captain America. or. Cap- <laughs> Um, yes, but uh, for those of you, you right un- over there, for those of you unfamiliar, the Winter Soldier story arc was an arc that took place in Marvel Comics, uh, surrounding a character who was a bad guy who had and 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 everywhere else, every other podcast has spoiled this, but I don't want anyone who listens to this who's not really uh, familiar with the books, um, and just knows the movies. I don't want to ruin anything they may show in this, but it ends up being um, someone from Captain America's past. And uh, wah, wah, wah. so, uh, so it's really interesting, and it was a good story. Tommy was, Lee Jones is back. Tommy Lee Jones is back as the Winter Soldier, God. and Old Man Death. Um, Whoa! Yes. Spoiler alert. Uh, so, uh, so that that's that's Captain America. Thor is going to be called Thor, uh, the Dark World. Thor, Thor. <laughs> Thor two. Thor. So much more Thor. Um, My arms are still Thor. <laughs> still Thor. Uh, <laughs> In a surprise mood, Thor 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Thor 2, Hammer Time. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? I did. Um, and I appreciated you for it. Thank you. <laughs> Thor two, Thorer. Thor. <laughs> Tweeting that. Uh, still Thor. Uh, still Thor. Still Thor. Uh, still Thor. Um, 
but he uh, but it's called the dark world and i'm not really sure what that entails uh i don't i don't know i don't know so uh, i guess it's, I, I mean bring your flashlights yeah yeah it's going to be a going to be a dark movie i imagine that it's it, it's going to have to do with some asgardian stuff obviously he's going to be back on earth jane foster will be a part of the the the, the story again um, all this happening in what they're calling Marvel Phase 2. Mm. They've dubbed everything from Iron Man to Avengers Marvel Phase 1, and now we enter into Marvel Phase 2. And one of the big surprises to me, Derek, was that in 2014 they've planned to release a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. How about that? This is, this is big to me. I, I know that probably doesn't mean a lot to you. Um, I'm I am incredibly um, interested is not the word. What's what's the word? Intrigued. Yes. Okay. I'm incredibly intrigued by this idea. Mm-hmm. Well, the Guardians of the Galaxy is is a team that's been around for a long time in the Marvel universe. Back in the '70s, they actually showed up to help fight off a guy named Korvac, uh, who was kind of an all powerful being. But they were a completely different team back then. There were a guy named Vance Astro who was from the future or who was from the past that had been on almost like a Buck Rogers kind of scenario with him. Yeah. This and, is going to be like the 2008. Yeah. Revamp. Yeah. And he, uh, but I'm waxing eloquent about the old. Oh. Movie. He was almost a Buck. He's actually in uh, the, the. It was Steve's waxing eloquent way of saying, shut up, dear. That's right. <laughs> But um, but there was him, there was a dude, and, and everyone else were from different planets in the system at that time, you know, because the whole idea was we'd reached out and we'd colonize different worlds and everything. And uh, in the 90s, they got their own series, and I read that from issue one for a long time, really enjoyed it. There was a whole quest for Captain America's S.H.I.E.L.D. story arc that went on, you know, and it was really a cool, cool comic book to me. And then when they relaunched the Guardians of the Galaxy back in 08, it was a completely different concept. This team is more of an interdimensional peacekeeping, kind of holding the universe together kind of force. Uh, so when they say they're Guardians of the Galaxy, they mean it. And a lot of people have focused in on Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon, who first appeared in Hulk number 272, the first comic book I ever owned. How about that? It's kismet. Yep. So, uh, but they've they've really updated his character. He's like an explosive expert. He's really kind of the the smart mouth of the group and everything. Uh, I'm interested in this because a lot of people are scratching their heads at why Marvel would do this. But, but if you go to the end of the Avengers and the little bit they did in the credits with Thanos showing up, they're obviously going to be doing some stuff outside of just saving the Earth in New York City in Avengers 2. They're obviously driving toward a more cosmic plot. So they're, what they're trying to do is introduce us. They've introduced us to the Chitauri and to this Thanos character, at least by seeing him on this throne and seeing that he was kind of pulling the strings the whole time. you know. But now they, they're, I think what they're trying to do is show us there's a bigger universe, as Nick Fury told Stark in, in the first Iron Man, right. than, than what we think there is. And so I'm really interested and a touch excited, Derek. I wish I knew more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really don't. When I, I've heard the title before, I'll send you some books. Do that because okay. I, I really want to see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And um, the raccoon 
in particular interests me because <laughs> I just don't see that character walking around next to you know Iron Man. Sure, sure. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I, I, it's gonna. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all things Marvel on yeah. film now. I really am, uh, especially after. Well, just after the you know we talked about an Avengers show, just knocking out of the park constantly in Avengers. So anything else there is to offer. Um, I'm I'm all for yeah. So you know something even I might be a little skeptical on, you know I trust them completely. Well, I was a little skeptical on how Thor was going to be done mm-hmm. on screen. Well, and, and that's uh, and, and they built that up done pretty well. Yeah, and that's the thing is they've built up enough goodwill through all their properties leading into and through the Avengers. Um, I think to even, to have something the, the the vast majority I think of the casual going on movie going on it will be like mm, that seems like a misstep. You know, I, I think it's good for them to put themselves back behind the eight ball because if you go back to Iron Man, I don't think anyone really expected much out of Iron Man until we got it. You know, and, and you know, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's, it's one of those things. I think Marvel Studios has done well consistently because their track record of on-screen stuff is not that great. You know, outside of having success with. The Incredible Hulk television show, and and then some cartoons of Spider-Man and and that sort of thing. They haven't had that much success cinematically, and and so you know it, it began with X-Men and and moved into the Spider-Man territory, and and then boom, when they actually set up their own studio and they're like, all right, we got this. Yeah, I we mean, don't need to outsource anymore. I think they've shown that they are capable of putting together quality stuff that the masses will respond well to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a daunting challenge for them. I think it's time for them to challenge themselves that way. You know, so I Yeah, I don't think they they have, have had a challenge yet, really. Mm-hmm. No. So, um, so yeah, that's I, that was kind of stuff that I was intrigued by and a little bit excited by coming out of Comic-Con, but that's just the Marvel fanboy in me coming out. Um, <clears throat> there is some other stuff that we'll talk about toward the end of the show uh but one thing we want to talk about on this episode w- w- is um derek the amazing spider-man it's spider-man oh okay he's not jewish it's not like goldman oh there should be a gold man uh <laughs> everything he touches turns to gold what if it's gold all- finger what what if it's already gold? Then his work is already done. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, thank you, Derek. This, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, was a movie, and and, and you it was. Yes, <laughs> yes. Stop me if I'm stop me if I'm misspeaking here, Derek. Mm-hmm. But this is a movie that, it, as it was being marketed and as it was being rolled out, you weren't that thrilled about. Um, Spider-Man's never been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understood why they needed to do it, of course, from a business standpoint. If they didn't make another movie, they were going to lose the rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony, that is. Um, but I, you know, I guess that's just how lacking I felt the third one was. Yeah. That I just didn't want to have to sit through another one, a reboot so quick the time and really i mean and i reserve really reserved judgment until that first like trailer and then it was like 
I feel like we've seen all this already. <laughs> what, what are you going to do differently right. that that hasn't been done already? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's 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 something to really say for Spider-Man because when you see Batman, well, there's been so many different incarnations and different mediums and different things. And Spider-Man, it's just really the comics and the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so for me to already kind of be to already be bored with it before it gets here is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. I'm still wearing this hat you told me to put on. Okay. It's going off now. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I will say I was... I won't say that I wasn't looking... Was not looking forward to it, but I will say I was naysaying a little mm-hmm. bit. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I think it's the easy way out of that. Well, I think a lot of people were. I think a lot of people were scratching their heads at this movie saying, Why? not understanding the business stuff behind it, not understanding that Sony had to roll something out or they were going to lose the rights. And when when they started to do this reboot, obviously they had approached Sam Raimi to do a fourth when that all fell apart and fell through. Um, and so we were stepping out of the Raimi idea of what Spider-Man should be, and we were stepping now into a new world, kind of, of, of what Spider-Man is and, and, and what a new vision for a cinematic direction for this character. Um, I was I was intrigued by it. I was glad about it. I, I don't understand all the hype about the lizard. A lot of people started talking lizard when Kurt Connors first appeared in the first Spider-Man. And everyone was like, oh, I'm so excited to see him do the lizard. Well, I never really cared about the lizard in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was never one that really intrigued me. I didn't understand why they wouldn't do a Mysterio story or why they wouldn't do an Electro story why they wouldn't bring in the Shocker, why they wouldn't bring in some of these other great, colorful Spider-Man villains who would be great on screen. Mysterio, especially. I mean, Mysterio's backstory is he's a special effects artist that went bad. And he uses his talents and special effects to 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 pull off bank robberies and heists and big plans and everything. And he's got this mist, this hallucinogenic mist that he, he shrouds himself in, that he makes people see what he wants to see, that, that dulls Spider-Man's spider sense, and it dissolves his webbing you know and so it always puts spider-man at that kind of disadvantage and 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 he's just he was always a visually you know he had the fishbowl helmet and everything but it was to me that was so visually neat because you never saw his face Mm -hmm. and um and it was just always such a cool character to me and i'm like why why is this guy being looked over for someone like the lizard who's just basically the hulk with a tail um and so as as we were going in doing the lizard, I'm like, well, everyone's getting what they want. They got they want a lizard, blah blah blah. You're gonna get blah blah. Yeah. Um, I knew, you know, there's not much you can go in the way of innovating the web swinging. There's not much you can do. I mean, because let's I, honestly, Ramey and company kind of nailed that. Um, with with the with the cameras that were they they set up to like ride through the the skyscrapers of New York and everything and get those kind of shots. Obviously, that technology been worked out, and and done very well. Um, you had said, you know, one of the jokes was, but it was kind of, it was a joke with a grain of truth that we'd seen the movie after that first real extended trailer. We've seen the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat down in the theater. Well, first thing that happened, Derek, is I got the soundtrack. Yeah, I didn't do that till after. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that was a blessing or, or, or a curse, but I guess we'll get that after you make your point. Well, as I was listening to the soundtrack, uh, who and it is by the score is by. Oh, snap. Derek, help me out. Uh, James Newton Howard? James Horner. Horner, excuse yeah, me. James Horner. Um, 
as I'm listening to this, I'm hearing a Spider-Man theme that doesn't sound like a Danny Elfman music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I really liking this music? And that started to kind of get me pumped up for the movie a little bit. I'm like, oh, wow. So he's going to be swinging to this cool theme. Um, well, uh, there's the key word right there. He had a theme. Steve. Yes. And, uh, and, and so, and everything kind of plays off of that as you go out through the movie. You know, it's that classic, uh, I'm going to say Williams-esque style of doing thing, of building a couple of themes and then, and then developing off of those the rest of your tracks and stuff. And, uh, dude, honestly, from the get-go of this movie, I'm like, well, this is a, diff- this is a completely different animal. Um, this, is, this, is not Spider- this is not someone who loved the Silver Age Spider-Man and is trying to shove that down our throats. This is someone who apparently knows and likes the character of Spider-Man and is willing to take their time developing the whole universe over a series of films. You know, this was the start of a new franchise. And I got to tell you, Derek, I walked out of that movie a believer in a Spider-Man franchise. Um, yeah, I, I, had some, <laughs> I had something prolific to say there, and it kind of went away. But it was, I walked out of that theater with the biggest smile on my face. Yes. Because it wasn't just a popcorn movie. Well, and you know what? We need to say at this point, from this point on, for Spider-Man and for our Batman talk, spoilers abound. If you've not seen The Amazing Spider-Man, if you've not seen The Dark Knight Rises and you don't want to be spoiled, turn off now, come back later. Or skip ahead to our Man of Steel talk. Um, <clears throat> there's a couple of things that sold me on it before we ever got to the moment that I was already sold on, but then... I, I think you, I know the moment I of which you speak, but we'll get there. Do what? I, th- I said, I think I know the moment of which you speak, yes, but we'll get Yes, because we, we share that moment. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but uh, the, the relationship, mm-hmm. the connection yeah. between Gwen and Peter, uh, there was more heart in this movie than there was in the whole of Avengers mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. And, you know, some people have said, well, that's the connection between Garfield and Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be, and that's fine. But it made what I was watching that much more believable. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think having I think having actors that I cared about in these roles because that was the kind of thing I didn't in the other trilogy I didn't care about Aunt May I didn't care about Uncle Ben mm-hmm. and really by the time I had to watch Uncle Ben die the third time in the third <laughs> film I was kind of just I, I was ready for it. It's kind of over it. I was yeah I was like Can, really do we have to do this again. Um, but I cared about Sally Field and I cared about Mr. Sheen and I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I cared about, uh, I even cared about Dennis Leary, which I really didn't understand why I, I didn't understand his casting. Rescue me. Eh, yeah, but I, he's a different animal. Yeah. He did a great it's job. A, he did a fantastic job, yeah. but I just, you know, I, I caught myself buying into these characters yes. more than I ever had in, you know, seeing James Cromwell's mm-hmm. Captain Stacy. Yeah, or, oh, definitely, definitely. Or you know, um, Ron Howard's daughter's uh, mm-hmm. Gwen. Yeah, or anything like that. Well, so the, I was the, sold pretty early on, and then when and here and my big thing about a superhero film is he's got to have a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America had a Captain theme. America had a theme. Iron Man really didn't have a theme. Not so much. He kind of had some 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 similar notes during some fight sequences. <laughs> he had some notes played in the same places some places. A little, a little bit, yeah. but it wasn't really a thematic. Right, uh, right. You know, and and, and um, Thor, not really. Thor actually does. It, it, <sighs> it's more so than Iron Man. 
Thor was kind of Asgard's theme. Okay. I felt like he shared it with everybody else. I don't know. That moment when he grabs that hammer. It, it, this is true. I mean, that. Mm. this is true. Mm. Well, Spider-Man had a theme. Steve. Yes. Oh, indeed. Indeed. And my exact quote to you was, after seeing the film and then going and purchasing the soundtrack. And the hold on, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, what he's about to say is huge. Go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If if that score had been the Man of Steel score, I, I would have been happy. Yes. Yes. Because, because the superhero had a theme, mm-hmm. and it didn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, and it, it's enough that it's on my iPod and playing and shuffling in my car when I'm driving down, mm-hmm. and it's pretty awesome to listen to. Yes, it really is. Specifically, the part that after I was already so you know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm at that point in you know, the, the third act really fell apart, and I was like, please get it back on track. And luckily, the fourth act got back on track. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a key think, player in that fourth act, act getting back on track. How do you think the third act fell apart? Uh, there was just too much. You got you got the lizard talking to himself, mm-hmm. which I didn't need, okay. and then you there was just there was way too many. It was going really well, and then it kind of all came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. But and then it slowly ramped up again. But then you get to what really propelled the fourth act, and my favorite part <laughs> of the whole movie. I'm sorry when he gets shot. Yeah. And webs himself up, mm-hmm. and then the cranes, you know, the the he saved the the guy's son, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, tell everybody get you know, get your asses in gear, we're <laughs> we're saving Spider Man, <laughs> and all those cranes come and play, and that music starts, and he starts hobbling. Yes, I mean, I've got a friend, Derek, that he saw it, and he and he just kind of he looked at me kind of iffy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like. He's like, you really expect me to believe that they're going to swing all those cranes around in New York? He said, do you really expect me to believe there are that many cranes? And I said, I don't know. I, I didn't expect you to believe that someone could get bit by a genetically altered spider and have superpowers, but you did. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you bought the ticket. That's right. You Listen, the minute you get on board with someone getting bit by a genetically altered spider and being able to climb walls and have the proportionate strength and speed and agility of a spider, I'd really, I'd really stop complaining about the cranes at that point. Exactly. <laughs> I'd get, I'd get on board with the cranes, Steve. It's like everyone saying we got to make Superman more real. Really? So what are you gonna do? Not have him come from another planet with let powers me, and abilities? Let me tell you what him? more superhero movies need now, Steve. What's that? Cranes. Indeed. <laughs> listen, I thought about you Friday night in Batman because the moment he spoiler alert, the moment he hooks. The bomb to the bat. Yes. And takes off. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get enough, you know, let, he's pulling up over the building and yeah. he fires at that crane <laughs> and it explodes. <laughs> and, and, you know, Gordon Levitt, Joseph Levitt Gordon, right. tells all the kids, this is it. You know, the bomb's about to go off and get down and, and duck and everything. And that kid goes, no, it's Batman. And he comes out from that explosion, the crane, and the, mu- and the theme starts mm-hmm. up again. Oh. That was one of the yes. highest points of the movie. Oh, indeed, right indeed. That was a fantastic moment. Just that kid going, "It's Batman!" <laughs> and you know, he comes flying out from the explosion. Uh, was so 
Yeah. Good. And and the mu- you know, again, the music. Yes. I know you don't think Batman has a theme in that trilogy. It's Batman. No, it, there's more to it. Batman, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman. No, that's I was just doing the duel of the fates. Um So, uh more cranes and superhero films. Well, I'm telling you, you you said it best. He he starts to run across that rooftop and he, you know, he starts to walk it off a little bit and then run it out. And and as he leaps and he misses the first time and he just hits that up the second time and goes to swinging into into action. It's like ah, they hit that superhero moment. I think that every superhero movie needs. You know, I, I would sit through that movie several more times just for um, just for that scene. Just for that moment, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I I love I loved the movie. I was blown away. It was better than any of Raimi's stuff to me. Um, and and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy Raimi's stuff, and I'm not doing the thing that we all did with when Batman Begins came out and saying, oh, you know, Tim Burton's Batman is crap. Mm. I'm, I'm saying that what Raimi did, monocle? what Raimi did is what Raimi did. But what they've done with the Amazing Spider-Man, I think, is that is is just ten times better. The camp I, is gone. The heart is there so much more, and there's a story that you're invested in to, to follow up in the, in the next movie in the franchise. Well, and I, I, I tweeted this, and I got a lot of hate for this, Steve. I tweeted it, I think, that night. I went and saw it on the 4th of July, uh, late at night. Mm-hmm. And I came out and tweeted, I have no reason to watch the Raimi films again. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Because if I'm wanting to watch a good Spider-Man movie, I've got it. Now, I still like Spider-Man 2. That's still the best of those three films. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree with me on that? I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some great, you know, that train sequence is still amazing. It's anything that rhymes with crane. That's what you need in superhero movies. Plane, train, cor- mm-hmm. crane. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, helicopter. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Subway. No, that's um, so close. Any molecular chamber that sucks your powers out? Wait. Mm. Anyway, um, but I really, uh, I I think I've you know that's of of the four, and it's let's let's base them on four because really, I think you could say of the seven Batman films, you have a favorite. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah, sure. Okay, so of these four Spider-Man films, I have a favorite. Mm-hmm. I think Garfield did a fantastic job. I think where Tobey Maguire brought some nerdiness to it, Garfield brought some loner to it he wasn't really a nerd he wasn't really a geek he didn't you know have his face shoved in a book the whole time he just was kind of an outcast but obviously he was smart he was smart and you know he, and i think they played that angle up better than they did the whole you know i i kind of got tired of toby's peter mm-hmm. yeah um he his and, and garfield's angst was understandable angst so was Odie's. Yeah. <laughs> and Nermal. Mm. Um, no, but Andrew Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker's angst was understandable. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the fact that you... I, 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 on some level, on some level, I kind of... There was empathy? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew where he was coming. Like, I, I just yeah. sort of... 
I never had a personal connection with those Spider-Man films, and if you can't connect me to a superhero movie, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. If if I'm not connected in some way to something I grew up reading and 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 loving, and yeah, it's cool to see him swinging around. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest with you, Steve, I love the web slingers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved those. I, I love. Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 um the web the shooters. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved how they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really. I, I've got no need to revisit the other three films. They're in the past. Yeah, and and the thing is, is is Garfield did this real subtle thing. Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. did, did this Garfield. really subtle thing w- in several scenes where he was talking, where he would not make eye contact with the person that he was talking to. Um, he kind of did this sheepish looking around thing. You know, Toby never did that. Toby never seemed out of place. Even when he was talking to Mary Jane, he was a little uncomfortable. It was like. You know, she was more dismissive of him than he was scared to talk to her. Um, you know, when he's with Gwen, he's talking to her, but he's still kind of just looking around. You know, he won't really look at her. He won't really make eye contact with. Just yeah, a, it's just all kind of. You know, he's very awkward, and and it and it lets you see that this is that we've all felt that. You know, we've all been there. We've all felt that thing. And then when he's telling her, I, I love the fact that there was no. Uh, it's almost like the end of Iron Man where, where Tony Stark's just like, oh, screw it. I am Iron Man. Um, yeah. You know, where he tells Gwen, you know, he just kind of thwips her back to him, and it, it, he's like, uh, you know, to, to kind of reveal his identity. Um, it's just a great moment. Great and, scene. And the, great fact, scene. and the fact that they ended it the way they did when he's sitting in class because he'd made the promise to Captain Stacy that he wouldn't mess with his daughter anymore, you know, that he'd stay away from Gwen. Yeah. And, uh, and he comes in late, and the teacher, he's like, I won't be late again, I promise. She's like, well, don't make promises you can't keep. And he leans forward to Gwen, and he says, those are the best kind. You I, know? Thought the, I thought it was all done really well. Can, I, can we touch on, and, well, maybe maybe you didn't feel this way. I can't remember now from our conversations, mm-hmm. but um, where I thought this film was headed. Sure. Uh, in relation to where it ended up. Okay, so there was a lot of, as we said, we kind of felt like we had seen everything with the, mm-hmm. with the teaser trailers and the trailers. Um, and then a lot of that was due to some stuff that the lizard said. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, especially in TV spots, um, the... Do you, ha- do you have any, of that, any idea what you really are? Do you think this is a coincidence do you think what happened to you was an accident all this crap so you know they did this whole untold origin thing you know these are the the secret origin Mm -hmm. if you will of spider-man the story you haven't heard uh which is why we're telling it to you now to make more money and to not lose the rights (laughs) and so i thought they were gonna kind of turn twist the the genesis on its head a little bit and they were they brought the parents in so much more. Yeah. They brought, yeah. they brought Richard in mm-hmm. specifically so much more into the fold that I thought we were almost going to get into a situation where Peter was already, there was already something there within him. Right. Right. Um, kind of like Angley's Hulk. A little bit, but yeah. not, um, not so blatant. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not to the degree like, Oh, his mother, you know, Richard's wife couldn't have kids. So they, took the genes from a spider and, you oh, know, right. right, duplicated eggs or something like that so That's she could actually, you know, have a child. And then she ate her husband. It's, yeah, exactly. 
but I, the marketing was really weird on this movie. Yeah, that's the one thing that you'd said to me repeatedly is that you weren't real happy with, that, that you think they should have marketed it, 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 it. What? Marketed it, 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 marketed it, it, it differently. I think it was just marketed odd. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, you know, then you've got you've got all those quotes that are missing from the film. You've got pretty much a whole subplot, I feel like, is missing from the film. Mm-hmm. And then, the, no lie, I'm la- I get home, I've gone to like a 10.30 showing, I get home, I get into bed, and I turn on the TV when I get into bed from seeing it the movie that night, and here comes a TV spot for it. I'm like, oh, you know, here we go. And it's the whole, do you have any idea what you really are? And it's the first time I'm realizing, hey, none of that was in the movie. Right. And, you know, he shoots himself through the crane, the oh, middle of the crane. Gosh, I love that shot. Uh, That's actually the shot that sold me on seeing the movie, Derek. Um, would, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's great. It, Thanks. Steve. It is. Well, I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm going to lose my point if I'm I don't sorry. make it. Uh, and so I watched the TV spot. I was like, "Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That wasn't in there. That was cool. That wasn't in there." Man, there's a lot deleted. And then let's top off the the TV spot, the 30 second TV spot, by showing the entire coda in the TV spot. They did. Have you not seen this? No. The whole the. He's sitting in prison. Connor's sitting in prison, and here comes the guy out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Did you tell the boy about his father? Mm-hmm. Leave him alone. You know, he's a good kid. And, all, and it was all in the TV spot. I was like, what are you doing? Mm. You just revealed the end of the movie. Well, you know, they did that. set up for the sequel. They did that with The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, they but that whole, was a little different. Yeah, they it was to I think it was to get people back in the theater. And I think that was more along that was more for the fact that people walked out before Sam Jackson. Right, right. You know, so But I'm telling you, I'll it. tell you this right now, Derek, speaking of that coda, I just want to say I called it. Um, that it was not that it's Osborne. not Norman Osborne. Well, here's the here's the only thing as I told you, the first time you see Osborne in the movie, He's only talked about, mm-hmm. you know, when he's sick and he's dying and Connor's supposed to be working on some way to heal him. And we never really hear what he's sick with or anything like that. But that when, when Peter goes to Oscorp for the first time to meet Connors, there's a, there's an interactive board screen on the side of the wall and with the Oscorp logo and Oz and, and Osborne, but he's, he's like sh- shrouded in black. You know, he's you can't see his face. He's right. in the shadows. And it was like, well, they aren't held down to casting anybody because obviously they're going to bring him in at some point. Right, right. And this is before they had even... The only thing that had been mentioned was Oscorp mm-hmm. and, yep. and shown him. The whole Connor plot of, of the whole aspect of, of him supposed to be healing, you know, saving Osborne had not been introduced yet. Right, right. So... You know, automatically, I'm thinking, well, we're not wanting to get held down to anything here. Sure. Um, but I think the general consensus is that it was easier to think at the end of the film that that was Osborne. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I saw an, I saw an interview with uh, do what? I saw an interview with the director, and he confirmed yeah. that it's not. Well, also, so did um, Connor. Can't think of that. Oh, right, Reese Reeseifens. Yeah, yeah, Reeseifens, Reese. Reisifens, Reisifens. He he said that. Um, that yeah, that it's not Norman, and if it's not, you know that, I mean that opens up wide speculation to who it could be. You'd like it to be Mysterio. 
I would love for it to be Mysterio. I, the fact that he disappeared in that lightning flash, it could also be Electro. Uh, the fact that it was a little man in a trench coat and a hat could be Doc Ock. You know, it's just there's some neat ways that they that they played into the to who this thing could be in that one little scene. If you if you're willing to let go of the fact that it could be Norman, if you're willing to say it could be anybody but Norman, um, you could make it just about anybody in his rogues gallery, and yeah. and that's really cool to me. I think it was so well done. Well, the only thing I was again the marketing. We're gonna find out all this stuff about his parents and how they're they're intertwined into his origin, and all this other crap. And then oh, never never mind. We're gonna do that in the second movie. It's just a briefcase and some web shooters, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is fine with me, though. You know, I think that I think that building a I think that building it with these type of characters, I think building a franchise intelligently is the way to go. I you know I, I think that um, I agree. I I think you strung too much. There was too much string strung along. Excuse me in the other three movies that they were like, Ooh, let's, this would be cool if we go back and tie this to, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a plan from the outset and you're just trying to make things connect, then it's, it's horrible. Well, it's the same thing with the X-Men trilogy. You know, you had a great first X-Men that kind of set this universe up and, and kind of introduced you to this team and these characters. X-Men two was phenomenal with the introduction of a new character and a couple of other things that went on. And the whole idea between this human mutant thing was, was, coming to a point the phoenix was first hinted at and then it's like because they never really said we're definitely going to go here in x-men 3 they just threw it all in and they ruined that movie for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um the fact that you went with the cure and with the mutants versus humans and with the phoenix all in one movie it's like it was too much you know so rather than rather than do and even in the the same thing happened with this with raimi spider-man in a way you know with the stuff with harry um gosh the stuff with sandman being the one who pulled the trigger or or didn't save uncle ben or whatever the case may however that happened the fact that sandman was there i don't it's just like suddenly we're just throwing a bunch of junk in there well yeah, how about they this? just tried to make things work that, yeah. that made it look like <laughs> kind of like lost it made it look like they had a plan all along yeah yeah and it's like how about this how about just have a plan you know well I don't okay just have a plan for that film that was one of the things nolan was talking about in that letter that i was saying he wrote mm-hmm. um that you will say that he wrote that in the future tense that's right <laughs> when will then be now <laughs> everybody knows i like to have coffee with my radar very soon uh, <clears throat> who hired that man <laughs> um <laughs> he's my cousin how many of them do we have on this ship yo Yo. I knew it. I'm surrounded. <laughs> Yo. Um, where was I going with that? No idea. Batman letter. Um, Nolan said, you know, when we were working on, when Goyer and, and, and he were working on breaking the first script for Begins, they were like, where do you see Bruce's story going? And, they, you know, they talked about, you know, options for sequels and and they got like an hour in discussion and nolan said he was like no i want to i don't want to get any further in bruce's story than he is i don't if bruce doesn't know what's going to happen to him i don't want to know what's going to happen to him Mm. and i think that worked really well 
And the problem with Spider-Man was they were like, yeah, then we'll do this, then we'll do this, then we'll do this. Oh, and let's just tie this loop around it and and, and we'll make it connect. And mm-hmm. it didn't have to. You, you didn't have to do that for the third film. Right, right. You know, and they... Was it Sandman they forced on Raimi or was yeah. it Venom? It was it Venom, was Venom they forced on Raimi. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it was just too much. And and so I hope that what you've got with this with, with this new Spider Man franchise is a willingness to work with Marvel Studios and even Disney to an extent. Um to not necessarily bring I don't want to see Spider Man pop up in the next Avengers necessarily. I do. But I do want to see Marvel Studios have their hands in the production and the storytelling of it all. People who care about these characters beyond, you know, just being either a casual fan or just something they want to, you know, something I want to try out. Um, because, because to me, the success of Marvel Studios running their properties has has been proven, and there's no reason to doubt that they can come in and make your studio a lot of money. You know, so that's that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> which bus is this which <laughs> maybe you should come back home with me to Greenbow, Alabama <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I was pleasantly surprised by uh, the amazing Spider-Man you know yeah like, I mean it was not like the best thing ever mm-mm. But it was. But it was good. It was good, and that that was more than I could have expected for mm-hmm. it, because I went in with the lowest of the lowest expectations, and I came out extremely pleased. Mm-hmm. So as did I, as did I, and I'm glad. Like I was so glad when it all you know, when it all was said and done that you came out happy because, um, you know I was concerned that that uh, that you may not. So. Yeah, I was. Um, it, it it surprised me how much it surprised me. Yeah. Um. Uh, one. So so that is like the second. That was like the second big superhero movie this summer, and and to me that was the surprise one of the summer. Avengers, I I really had high expectations for, and they were all met, and and I absolutely loved it. Spider Man, I didn't really know what to expect, and I came out pleasantly surprised. And then there is what has recently come out, um, of the Dark Knight Rises, and. We are uh, going to talk about that now with a special guest.
So then you had more than that. You know what to expect. And we are going to.
And once again, we want to thank Matt Kruger for joining us, uh, for coercing me into <laughs> into being on the show. And You're talk- a weak man, Steve. I am very weak, and talking over me while I'm trying to make points and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> Maybe I should start calling you. Hey, I'm going to dinner with you. Can <laughs> I please go to dinner with you? It's my birthday wish to go to dinner with you. <laughs> I mean, I am your friend. Yeah, I'm your friend in time. Um, Remember me, your friend in time? Your friend in time. Go look at that picture on your bookshelf right now. I'm outside your window. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the city needs me. <laughs> You're not Batman anymore. I want I want a cheeseburger. Um, I'm off duty. So, Derek, I have, I have talked limitedly with you about some things on mm. purpose. Oh, no. Um, because I wanted us well, to... Well, we, we did that with Dark Knight Rises, too. We said, yeah. the only thing we've really said to each other is some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Yes. <laughs> Which I think pretty much summed up the movie for yeah, us. Indeed, but. indeed. Um, In fact, that needs to be the Blu-ray. It's the Sundays you can't get rid of a bomb edition. Right, yes. Someone, I can't wait till someone makes makes a video with that audio. It just kind of shows repeatedly, like, the thing. I I was expecting Adam Adam West to be the president, not William Devane. Where did that come from? Devane is president? Who elected him? I don't know who that is. Oh my God! The guy you—he's in everything. Yeah, I knew. I knew it was a guy who was in everything. Hey, was there that one guy for you? Because you mentioned in every movie, there's the one guy. I still think it was probably the CIA agent at the beginning. Okay. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Let me let me think. Let me think. The first, the first, yes. Let, let's let's take the joke back a bit. In, in the I first think, one, it's the guys Nolan, in the terminal. I think they're Nolan's family members or something. But there's always a guy that just really annoys me. In, in 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 these films. In Batman Begins, it was it was the it was the water control tower guy <laughs> that pr- was pretty much if you <laughs> if you've forgotten the plot of the movie, here's where I come in to help. If it Every- gets here, it's gonna blow the whole thing up. And then he looks at the camera, and breaks the fourth wall. Everybody got that? Good, <laughs> good. In Dark uh, Knight, it was crap. Who was it in Dark Knight, Steve? Now I forget. Someone on the ferry, I think you said. One of the ferry boat captains, maybe? Yeah, I guess it was. I thought it was somebody else. I, Crap, I can't even remember my own complaints. The dude that's that wants good. to blow him up gets on my nerves. He's just got a weird thing. Maybe about, that's who it is. Maybe just, that's who it is. He's kind of off-putting to me, and it's not that he wants to blow the whole other boat up. It's just his whole line delivery and everything. Yeah. You think they don't deserve to die? So who was it in the Dark Knight Rises, Derek? Anybody? Um, I guess it was the CIA agent. Okay, at the very beginning. Yeah, and I, I had already told you. I kind of, I, I was sort of. I think that was actually how that conversation came out because I saw the, um, the prologue. Yeah. And I think that's I told, right. That was what right. I told that you. There's always one guy that There's just pisses it off guy. for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got him out of the way quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, and he was really talking. Th- there was no like Bane henchman that really, although the guy with the beard kind of got on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, the president was, you know, all those people were fine. It was good to see that there was outside that outside of Gotham City existed. Yes, because I, you know, I would have been really annoyed if we sat through that whole movie and really going, "Is the government not going to do anything?" It means it means we're on our own. Yeah, um, I like. Uh, 
I, I do like we we touched on it. I do like Bane's voice being kind of a mixture of Sean Connery, Darth Vader, and Nacho Libre. Yes, yes. Um, now I don't I don't guess there was just one guy that just really sucked it up to me. Mm-hmm. So was that mask feeding him like aerosolized? Uh, well, how's he eating, Steve? I don't, I don't know. But I mean, what is that doing to keep the pain out? I, I, I don't know. But how's he eating? And if you take it off, will his face just flap off like an old set of blinds? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effect. Well, I expected like those fake teeth chomping across the you know, desk. I don't. Um... Maybe he just search. There were way too many questions associated with this. Yeah, with this film. Yeah, it was, it was good though, and 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 Tom Hardy did a good job of pulling off. I, I do kind of I bemoan the fact a little bit that they gave in Ooh, to bemoan. yeah to uh, to fan pressure to to do something about the voice because they potted it up too much, and and his voice was coming from everywhere at once in the mix. So that that was weird, to me where everyone else seemed to come from one specific channel during the dialogue, as normally happens in movies, his seemed to be coming from many channels. Well, and I like Nolan said back months ago, he said, you know, I'm not a big fan of ADR mm-hmm. because people are never in the same scenario that they were when you filmed them. So right. it's hard to grasp that same, you know, they might not be standing the same right, way right. or they might not be as tired or they might not be as, you know, it's not the same position as when they mm-hmm. were filmed. So to him, it never feels as true. Yeah, but it's called acting for a reason, Mr. Nolan. Well. I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. By the way, uh, anyhow, we're not here to talk about uh, Dark Knight Rises. We've already done that. In I wanna, the past. It is in the past. And I want to talk to you about something that is... Uh, much more near and dear. I think, I hope I can say it's near and dear to your heart, more near and dear to your heart than the Batman. Okay. It's uh, it's more near and dear to my heart than the Batman. This is one taste of it uh, here, I believe. Let's see if this is going to work out for us. You've got to be kidding me. I have a young daughter, and I also Did have they just talk- put an advertisement in the middle of that? I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. I, I'm so angry right now. I'm, I don't even know Let's what I am. Let's try this again.
not just anyone. One day, you're going to have to make a choice. You have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be. Whoever that man is, good character or bad, he's going to change the world. teaser trailers that's the 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 lesser of two evils uh, well yes uh it you is... like that one more no okay um there's I, nothing wrong with that that's one. why i played that one first though the the voice you heard in the midst of that was kevin costner's jonathan kent talking to his son it's so weird to say uh it is weird to say uh but that is the first of uh of two different trailers that were released um, with The Dark Knight Rises. Here's the second. I've prepared a statement. Go for it. I'm looking forward to your statement. You may begin. You hear those knuckles popping? I do. I did. I thought it sounded to me like you were like straightening your papers on the desk there. (laughs) Okay. I've heard nothing but negativity towards this trailer. (gasps) These these two teasers. Really. I've heard far more negativity than I have heard positive comments. Well, that's not the safe place to give negativity about that on this show, sir. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to respond to the three complaints I've heard the most of. Okay, go for it. I actually have written this out. Okay, I look forward to this. I'm gonna skim though because it's really long. Okay. Um, the first was no action. <sighs> Um, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna read what I wrote, but because it's funnier. Okay. I mean, not really. It's really not funny because it's me writing. But I, I, uh, I digress. Okay. 
it, it reads better. If you're a Superman fan purely for the action, then you must only like Game of Thrones for the nudity. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's not a fair argument. I don't like Game of Thrones. Let me try that again. If you like Superman for the action, then you must only like food for its necessity and not also its taste. Superman is an acquired taste, and people call him boring, and that's someone who can't appreciate a good super, superhero story over one that's over one that has... I say I wrote this wrong now. That's someone who can't appreciate a good superhero story with a story over one that fights a villain with no supporting players. And let's be clear here, this is a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. It is meant to give you a taste, and if you only like necessity over taste, then this isn't for you. Now, a lot of people were saying there was no footage. All we got was the um, <laughs> Deadliest Catch crap. Oh. I then cite uh, one, two, three four teaser trailers okay in order that, that give no footage give me give us some poor examples the dark knight rises teaser which you're not a fan of no i was not a fan of the dark knight teaser is that what i said you said dark knight rises i, I meant dark knight okay. with the the shattering yeah. Bat symbol yeah and alfred and bruce talking mm-hmm. that's my first one three voiceovers no footage I everybody loved it everybody loved it i, I love that one the inception teaser trailer I, I don't remember it. Well, see, there's no dialogue whatsoever. It's just the blah. Oh, okay. And and quick flashes of footage. Mm-hmm. Which, that was the first taste we, we heard. Nolan was doing something incredible, something, you know, a new idea, something original. And everybody loved it. We had no idea. what. And the movie turned out nothing like we thought that teaser. Everybody loved no it. And trailers the ever since that have done the blah thing. The Jurassic Park teaser trailer. Oh, my gosh. No footage. No, no dialogue from the film, mm-hmm. just imagery and and a, a voiceover that looks sounds like it's something from the Discovery Channel, but it's so cool. And then I give you the start the Star Trek teaser from two thousand nine, which the was build, a great the building teaser. of the Enterprise. Yes, oh, so good. Now that one right there likens more to the Man of Steel teaser to me mm-hmm. more than any of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. Where was I going with that one? Um, but teaser, you know, there's sometimes a weird animal because sometimes, uh, given the proximity of the release date, a lot more can be shown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we should be glad we got something at all because even if it had not been for The Dark Knight Rises, or if it not been for Comic-Con, I don't think we would have had anything in front of The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I don't well, think we've been shown I, anything because we still gotten through. Pay. They've just wrapped filming. Yes. They've just yeah. started post-production. The one thing I, I really dug about the Man of Steel teaser was if you didn't know what you were watching, you didn't know what you were watching exactly. until the reveal. Exactly. Oh, that's what I love about it. That's me. You and I are similar on that because and even even if you hated it, you're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. Marketing works. I've got a kid in my youth group that he didn't know it was going to be there, and he was watching it, and he started like elbowing his friends around. He's like, "What is this? What is this?" And then when it hit Man of Steel, he was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, it, it, when you heard Matt Kruger say, he thought it was Shazam or something. Because all he knew was it had a DC logo in front of it. You know, he's like, I didn't Well, know. and sometimes, you know, I almost forget in what, the 7,000 times I've watched it. I've got them both on my iPhone, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, hit play. Um, once you get to, like, the third, like, the shot of him playing with the dog... Uh, I completely forget about the syncope and the Warner Brothers and the yeah, DC. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is. It is an amazing piece of footage to look at. Um, 
and Derek, I know you hate me for this, but especially on the big screen, it is just, <laughs> it was phenomenal. You know, the, the theater where I see movies, they've replaced all of their projectors with digital projectors, and so it's all digital projection. You don't have scratches and hisses and pops and that sort of thing. And um, it was just so beautiful. I like how you, how you say you can, I mean, you can see every aspect of Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you really can. And a lot of things, something a lot of people don't, don't catch is right before he breaks the sound barrier, he puts his arm straight out. I did not catch that, Derek. Go back and watch it. They're by his side, and right before he breaks the sound barrier, he puts his arm straight up in the in the normal <sighs> flying position. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so awesome. Ah! Oh. Ah. Look. And contrails. Contrails, exactly. We've never seen anyone do that with Superman before. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't put out a lot of exhaust. Well, well, it's the contrails aren't exhaust though. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh gosh. Oh my Lanta, dude. Okay. You you found these things. You found versions of these through nefarious means on the day of release, that sort of thing, before well, they were actually officially put out online. Well, you know. Um, and you showed me them. Well, we, ha- we haven't touched on, and I don't guess there's really a reason to other than to say where our thoughts are with the community in Colorado. Yeah, I, I did When I woke the, up... I did something before the opening. I, I, I stayed up late Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I stayed up till about 12.30 yeah. Central Time, 1.30 East Coast, and I'm watching the Man of Steel hashtag on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on, trailer. you Because, know, you know, somebody's in there filming it. And I find all these feeds of people taking screen, taking pictures with their phones of the S. Mm-hmm. And like, you people are killing me. Give me the real thing. Because <laughs> I wasn't, I, I knew it was not going to be at all what we got in San Diego. Right, it was going right. to be something very short and probably um, not a whole lot of action and probably mm-hmm. just voiceover. You kind of thought it was just going to be the forming of the S. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was waiting for it. So Friday morning I wake up. And it's the because I, I gave up and went to sleep, mm-hmm. so I get up, um, and I, I find it immediately. You know, there's like 17 of them on YouTube. Yeah, uh, right. And this was before I had even turned on the TV and, and seen you know the tragedy. Sure, in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so immediately I'm like, send it to Steve. Um, of course, the whole time I'm thinking, in 12 hours I'll see that on the big screen, <laughs> and it was a really good cam version yeah the first yeah. one i saw and and and, and it, it took and what killed me was i start i start researching around a little bit and people didn't know they weren't talking about it enough they didn't realize that there were two of them yeah so like everybody was like saw the man of steel teaser it was great or saw the man of steel teaser it sucked mm-hmm. but nobody was saying they put it had a dorel voice over mine had a jonathan voice right, over right so i and then i start pulling them up like dude there's two of them that's um that's awesome yeah that is awesome because it's so, oh, it's so Superman and it's so father and son, fathers and son. Well, Derek, I it's actually a argument, but. I actually saw this post that let me see if I've got it here readily, readily available to pull up. Um, that was so interesting to me. Um, it's from a, <laughs> it's from a uh, someone's blog, patheos.com uh, slash blog i think patheos.com i'm not sure who does this but the profound theological awesomeness of the superman trailers and this is the this is uh the difference he drew between them he said uh Jarell speaks of the destiny of what will happen 
Kent speaks in terms of choice, the life that Clark may have. And so you're looking at it from an earthly in the moment standpoint with Jonathan, you know, that affects the future. And, and you're looking at it from the distance, you know, almost from a heavenly perspective, if you will, as Jarrell saying, this is what will happen as you approach your destiny. And I thought that was a really cool take on it that that, that person at that particular blog had. Not only that, but to to have physically ripped, I mean, not to borrow something from Law and Order, but to rip from the headlines, if you will, mm-hmm. to verbatim say things from All Star Superman. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't Jor-El, realize that I mean, until they I will saw join your post. you in the sun. I, oh my god, yeah. dude! And because I, I hadn't read All Star Superman in a while, and and I didn't think about that. But dude, here's they will the thing. stumble, they will fall, they will crawl, they will curse. <laughs> but in time. But in time. Oh. Listen, when you in the sun, Kal-El. You you sent me those things. I was watching. I watched a Jonathan one. And I'll be honest with you, I was just kind of underwhelmed. I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. That's nice, you know. I That's a teaser trailer. Yeah, for you. I especially like. You appreciated it, but you were not right. I especially not, like the you, little boy. You were not sold. Yeah, I especially like the little boy running with the cape on, and then the moment which where he, I like your uh, suggestion that that is not Clark. Right. You think that that is just some kid playing to be Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. And I love when he puts his little hands on his hips, you know, and strikes that pose. Mm-hmm. And then I watch the Jarrell voiceover. And, um, and, and now just thinking about it in more intently, I, for some reason that moment moves me. That, that line and that statement is emotionally moving to me. I well up with tears as, as I hear him say those words. They will, <laughs> they will race behind you, they will stumble and they will fall, but in time they will join you in the sun. I haven't even gotten to see it in a theater yet, and I still tear up. Um, it's just like, uh, you know, that's what Superman does, and and that's the thing. You know, Derek, I said this today to one of our mutual friends who was going to see The Dark Knight Rises for the second time, Kim Jordan. You know, and she was asking me what I thought about the trailer, and so I, you know, I was kind of saying what we're saying here, and I said, you know, here's what bugs me so much is, is there are so many people out there, Max Landis, who talk about how Superman's not a good character, and that he's got to have some kind of edge to him, he's got to have some kind of darkness to him, but you see Captain America, and you love what Chris Evans did with him, and the earnestness and just the purity of that character there. That's that Captain America is Marvel Superman. Yes. And it's like, we don't, you know, the Superman that works is a Superman who believes 150% in humanity and who everything he does is to protect this world, not because he wants to have some kind of power over it, not because he's on some type of ego rush, not because there's, you know, he's fighting for justice or to avenge a dead parent or whatever the case may be, but because he wants to provide humanity every means possible to achieve the greatness that he knows humanity is capable of. And if they can capture that, you know, if they can capture the fact that Superman loves this planet, this is his home, and he is going to defend it at all costs, if they can capture that in the Man of Steel, then I'm sold. You know, to me, as, as important a part as, as Lois is to the story and the Daily Planet and all the supporting cast are, You've got to start with the main character of Superman. And to get that right, 
sounds to me like they've got it. You know, I mean, just based on the voiceovers from Jonathan and Jarrell, they're pointing him in the right direction. Yes. You know. Well, and that kind of leads me to my second, the second thing I've seen the most complaints with. Um, No Lois, no Martha, no Lara. And, you know, I'm I'm not sexist, and I'm Mm -hmm. saying women don't belong in movie trailers or anything like that, and I'm saying men are more important (laughs) than women. I'm not. (laughs) Women don't belong in movie trailers. I'm not saying anything of the sort, but, and let me, let me also preface preface this by saying I love Lois Lane. Indeed. You know how much I love Lois Lane. I love Lois. Every incarnation I've seen her use as I love the actress who's portrayed her, and I understand what an important part of the Superman legacy she is. So I don't need, you know, I don't need diatribes written back to me mm-hmm. on why, you know, she, explaining to me why she should have been in this teaser trailer. I don't need to be thrown under the bus under that. There was nobody else in this teaser trailer. Why should she be in there? Right. And, and then people would say, well, Kevin Costner was in it. No, he was in a photograph. Mm-hmm. There was no other actor actually on screen other than Henry. Except for that kid, which may have supposed to be Clark, but even if it's not, the imagery's cool. Well, and you never full-on see him either, though. Right. There's no Zod. Mm -hmm. There's no parental unit outside of the two separate voiceovers. And that's not even a Clark voiceover. There's no Krypton. There's no Fortress. There's no planet, Daily Planet. There's no anything. There's none of the typical Superman iconography that we know until you see that final shot of him flying. Well, and here's the other thing. In a Genesis story, in an origin story, I'm going to get so much flack for this. No, you're not. Lois is not as integral in the beginning as she is after he's in Metropolis. Uh, agreed. That's true. That's fine. truth. The Kents and Jor-El and Laura are far more integral into forming the man that he becomes mm-hmm. so Lois can help him with his humanity after the fact. That's true. Lois and Sporton comes after the reveal of Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say she isn't important before, but, you know, a lot of the times she's the first save that he makes. Yep. But it's what he was, it's the reason, she's not the reason he put on the suit to begin with. Exactly. They are the reason he put on the suit. In those scenes we see of him in from Deadliest Catch Season 4 <laughs> are scenes before he ever even meets Lois, mm-hmm. probably, and... There are messages from a father to a son, not a mother to a son, right. not, not an adoptive mother to a son, not a biological mother to a son, and not a girlfriend's slash partner slash best friend slash wife. Mm-hmm. They are about those those two teaser trailers are specifically about fathers and sons. Now, I would love it if there's a TV spot later on that's a Lois voiceover. <clears throat> well, Derek, those two those two teasers are also about the person of Clark Kent. Kal-El Superman. Yeah. Those, and that's, and at the end of the day, that's what this movie has to be about. Yes. And, and all of the supporting cast are just that. They're, they're a cast of characters meant to enhance this main character's journey. And, and so, <clears throat> so in a teaser, a teaser like this that shows just Superman just Kal-El, just Clark. Just Clark and Kal-El. Let's not even say sure. Superman. Because you just get a glimpse of Superman. But still, in a, in a teaser that only shows that aspect of this character, what that tells me is that the movie's focus is not going to be on a villain. It's not going to be 
on um, even on parentage or, or, or relationships. It's going to be on the man. And all of these other things around the man of steel inform who he is and who he becomes. So they have to be there and they have to be right. But this is a story about the man of steel. You have to have learned certain lessons before you can put on the suit. Mm-hmm. You had to have go, gone a certain mile. You had to have had these talks with Jonathan out in the field. You know, you had you have to have heard these conversations from Jor-El of, of you know, they will stumble, they will fall, but in time they will join you in the sun. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Metropolis, and then you meet Lois, and then you. So I really, I don't think that there was a place for any other actor, man, male or female, in these teaser trailers. Mm-hmm. I think this was image. This was strong images, very strong personal images of a man finding himself. And lessons from his father's guiding his way. Every and that's all you needed in these two teasers. Everything about these teasers is about making you feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, not just excitement. You know that that moment at the end where he's shooting straight up, breaking the sound barrier. That's there to get you excited. The rest of it is to draw you in and make you. feel feel some emotion that we all have in us and i'm telling you that whole crap from jarell it 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 works and then to sit here and listen to kevin costner and mayor saying the things he says that does work you know i think you said it best eric when you said after after everything we saw in the superman movie and after everything we got from you know five years of jonathan ken on smallville it's hard to make the dialogue that Jonathan would give Clark different and new and fresh, but they did it. Yeah, I think you can. I think there's always something different Jor-El can say. A lot of it's just wording things different ways, but it's the same message. But there's always like that that stuff from All Star Superman. That's very, you know, there's people that say that's really Donner, and it's really not. It's really Jor-El. I mean, that's really Jor-El influence. And and the and hearing Russell Crowe, you know, I was thinking. I wasn't against Russell Crowe because I thought that was a good choice, but I kept hearing when all this casting started happening, I kept thinking Liam Neeson is Jor-El, Liam Neeson is Jor-El, Liam Neeson is Jor-El. And then to, I mean, just, are we getting way too serious about a movie? I Close your eyes and listen to that teaser. Mm. Listen to that water sweeping up on oh. those rocks and, and the seagull and, and listen to specifically Jor-El's mm-hmm. because it is so bone-chilling it's bone chilling in a good way though yes it I, gets I mean, down I mean the, that is a great adjective yeah. it is so it soaks into you it's so hauntingly beautiful his voice and his delivery of, of those lines is so spot on good I've never been a big Russell Crowe fan but to hear somehow he musters wisdom and compassion and I don't know, even some sorrow in what he's saying. You know, it's all there in the voice. And, uh, you know, I I just, I get speechless because these teasers have kind of started to turn me on this movie Mm -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas I've been very iffy and people uh, from Comic-Con from the footage were like, you know, and I think you even said, you know, you could see Nolan's influence and that sort of thing. I was starting to feel iffy because of that. Now I'm like, if they'll just do it, if they'll just go full-on Superman and let him be Superman, then we're good to go. And and to hear Cavill talk about his respect for the character and that sort of thing. And 
It's well, and to hear Hans Zimmer say, and I, I don't fully agree with it because I think we just saw 10 years of somebody who brought humanity to this role mm-hmm. that we've known and loved. But yes. to hear Zimmer say this new level of humanity that Henry brings to Clark, to Kal-El, mm-hmm. and later to Superman, is so it's so cool to hear that, you know, I mean, he walks among us. You know, he has to be one of us, but he's also this other persona, this this helper, this savior. And it's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so excited. I am <laughs> too, and, and I'm really hoping I'm not let down. Well, and I'm just tired of seeing people bash it. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen so much, and the other big thing, Go and this it, is mainly man. from Lord of the Rings fans, mm-hmm. has just been uh, the very idea of using score from another film in a teaser trailer. Because that's never happened oh before, Oh my god, Steve. I was going to say... I mean, oh, oh, wait, wait. Was that the Requiem for a Dream music they used in the Two Towers theatrical trailer? I believe it might have been. I mean, oh my gosh, how dare they use music from another film in in, in, the, in our theatrical? It's, I, there's a lot of ownership with these Lord of the Rings fans. It's like, that's our music. Mm-hmm. That's Gandalf's music. Well, guess what? It's owned by a company that made the same, owned by a studio that made the same movie. And since the film's not scored yet, they can use whatever they want to. And dude, do you know that? But people are actually thinking that they're like they're like they ripped off Lord of the Rings. No, no they used they used a piece of their score, a piece of the music that they own, and and people have just been like flaming I've not seen over it. this. I've not seen that happen. But it's you know just, what? Well, they think that they're actually using the score from Lord of the Rings for the Superman movie. What? Have you people never seen a teaser trailer before? <laughs> think about the what is, the, what is that theme from um, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story? You see that in almost every trailer mm-hmm, that comes mm-hmm. out now, like the Truman Show yeah. and Forrest Gump and all that well, crap. Well, and, uh, and uh, the, the theme from Dragonheart um, yes. is, is used in a lot. The theme from The Rookie. Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. The Independence theme Day. Rudy. Rudy, even the Dracula theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it, it is not uncommon for teaser trailers to, to borrow to score from, from other films, especially if that film hasn't even been scored yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, Derek, and I'll say this, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. But if there was some way that, uh, you know, if there was some piece of Star Wars music that had been thrown in there that was that fitting for that, uh, teaser i would have been like that is so awesome my two favorite worlds colliding you know um but i've had that for 30 34 35 years now because yeah. john williams well, i think lord of the rings fans are just a little bit too dieharders can be i mean the holy trilogy that's true with any fandom though you know i guess when you get when you get overly diehard about it it, it can tend to be a little a little venomous when some things happen and, and cloud your judgment about a few things. So, um, I, I, there's just so much good about these teasers, about this particular teaser trailer, both versions of it, that, you know, um, I love the idea that Clark goes and does the deadliest job in the world. <laughs> you know, I mean, because he's like, oh, that's not that hard. He um, should have been a nice road trucker. Yeah. <laughs> that's in the sequel. Um, it, it is it's intriguing to me that that's a journey he takes. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit about, uh, a little bit of what he does in Birthright. Um, you know, but he's doing all that stuff more as a kind of a fledgling reporter mm-hmm. um, the places he goes. Well, and I've gotten on board with this whole, you know, there's not a Lex mm-hmm. 
you know, and stuff like that. And even the two, there's only two shots of Zod in the Comic Con trailer. Mm-hmm. There's two shots of Lois. Yeah. Um, the Comic Con footage, you know, on one hand, I kind of want to touch on. It. On the other hand, I, now I kind of want to leave it with those people that got to see it at Comic Con. You know, as glad as I was to see it it's out there you can find it it's all you know cam versions or whatever but um and it's obviously stuff we'll see as more trailers roll out i just well and i pray that that they will release that Mm -hmm. we've seen them do that before weeks after comic con yeah yeah and if they do it'll be i mean you know of course it'll be consumed it'll be something we talk about in depth here i don't like i say i just oh because there's some shots there that need to be they're pretty phenomenal um but it's just that I really think, Derek, I'm going to say something here, okay? And, say it. And it's having not really seen a, a good, of course, you know, the best cam is the second one you sent me, of that Comic-Con footage with decent audio. Don't incriminate audio. me. Huh? Don't incriminate me. I, well, that someone sent me. Um, but, uh, but honestly, this teaser outdoes, to me, the feel of that footage. Well, and it's because it's a different feel. This to it's, me, it's 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 apples and oranges. It, it really is, and it's the same movie. How funny is that? It's the emotion I think that these teasers evoke in me that that just have drawn me into this film. When when Superman Returns was coming out and they were releasing you know various clips and stuff online, I couldn't help but watch. And the the scene where he is ducking into the elevator to fly out to the boat to go save Lois. It, it cranks up with a music cue that was the same music cue of the helicopter scene in Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. And as I watched that, I just began to get so excited for Superman Returns. And that was a scant few weeks away from its release. I had really held off being excited for that movie. I was so scared to death after the production hell that it went through leading up to, you know, it finally being coming to fruition. Um, this sucks me right in and and it scares me to death how much I love these teasers I it my hopes are up yeah mine too I mean that's that's the easiest thing I mean, my hopes are so high now that I don't want to be let down right right indeed and I don't want to be let down anyway because it's Superman indeed. and but you know I This just got, this all just got way with those two teaser trailers. This all got way too personal to me. How so? Are you willing to talk about it? Yeah, I mean it just. I mean, I think no, I'm not. Okay, because <laughs> uh, I'm already crying. Um, You know what that character means to me. Yeah, sure, sure. When when and when something is that inspiring, mm-hmm. and when you get footage and, and voiceovers that are, you know, you have to decide what kind of man you're going to be. And and I, I'll say this: the Jonathan voiceover works much better in the Comic Con footage than it does mm-hmm. in the teaser trailer. Yeah, because the whole whatever that man you know whoever that that man is good character or bad he's going to change the world with the 
taking flight and walking out of what presumably is the Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought originally was walking through the clouds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, you, you can't screw this up. You you can't. <laughs> you, <better laughs> you can't not. get my hopes up like that. <laughs> and and then. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's like I told you said earlier I'm going to rent an IMAX and it's just going to be me sitting in there because I don't right. want anybody to screw mess this up for me <laughs> except for you three rows down did you say that that was all I like <laughs> now I'm, I'm I'm looking I'm 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 glazing over things that I'm already thinking like that S seems really protruding from his chest how's he going to wear clothes over that mm-hmm. without like <laughs> it doesn't protrude as much as the Superman Returns S I guess that's why you wear a three-piece suit with the Superman yeah. Returns. Vest. That's why you wear that vest. I, I haven't yet to see him wear a suit in this. All yeah. I've seen him wear is, is um, flannel shirt and jeans tucked mm-hmm. in with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The glasses. Um, you you can't do something with that. One of the greatest Doral lines ever to me. Um from all-star superman and then bash and then just bash this thing to death because if it sucks then my heart's gonna be broken sure and but but no i think it it, they they made they know what they were doing they made they made this personal (laughs) (laughs) because here's here's we're gonna get those we're gonna get them shoe boys here's nola snyder you know that derrick russell guy Watch this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we edited this trailer together. Um, I'm really sick of people bashing it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I think because I took it so personal, and I did. I've taken it very, very personal. But I think they just nailed it, and I think they they made it so. They made it so real. Mm-hmm. Well, Smallville. For all of Smallville's strengths and weaknesses, seventy-five percent of the time, Smallville never feels felt real to me. Sure. Um. Because, but but this feels real, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to. I don't want them to ruin something. Already. I'm just excited. Can we just leave it at that? Yes, we can definitely. I feel like I took it away, too. (laughs) This has been Geek Out Loud Gets Real with your host, Eric and Steve. Join us next time. It's Nights with Delilah. When we share Delilah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I want to go watch the Jor-El teaser now. Indeed. Well, that is uh, is wrap it up. We've been going for so long in this episode, but... um, it's going to be a good one. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you can email us, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Um, the Twitter is twitter.com forward slash geekoutloud, twitter.com forward slash geekoutloud. Uh, you can follow Derek on the Twitter. It's Von Phillips. And you can follow me on the Twitter. I'm at Steve Glosson, and Derek is at WD Russell. WD Russell. Uh, so check us out there on the Twitter, and we'd be glad to 
to make fun of you sometime if you say stupid things to us on the Twitter, Swarm 37, 87, Swarm 87. Um, Don't say it too loud. (laughs) Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you listening and putting up with us for well over two hours, almost two and a half hours on this special episode celebrating animal-like heroes, Batman, Spider-Man, and then the greatest of all heroes, Superman. Uh, We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Build up like I thought it would. Crap. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs>